Welcome to Don't IEP Alone, the only podcast dedicated to helping parents navigate the IEP process and hosted by a special education advocate. Your host has been attending IEP meetings for over a decade and has helped thousands of parents go from an IEP rookie to an IEP all-star. Be prepared to learn tips that will be a total game changer for you as a parent advocate and most importantly, your child's outcomes. Partnered with the award-winning Lock a Day in Our Shoes, you'll be confident, knowledgeable, and actually looking forward to your next IEP meeting. Don't IEP alone. Get ready. Here's your host, from suburban Philadelphia, Lisa Leitner. Hey there, welcome back. We are still trudging our way section by section through an IEP. Again, for reference, I am using several blank IEPs. I do have the one from IDEA website, which is really pretty pretty skeletal. There's not a lot of meat to that one. Um, So I'm also using a blank Pennsylvania form and a blank Delaware form and a blank New Jersey form, mostly because that's where I live. I probably should look at a California form because I do have a lot of readers in California as well and New York. Of course, the bigger states tends to be where I have more readers from. Anyway, today is transition And I did a podcast a few weeks ago. I don't know when it published. But it was about parents needing to engage in the IEP process. And this is where I begin my finger wagging again. And again, I'm feeling a little down in the dumps just because it's May. And a lot of things come to a head or come to a break point for parents. And so then my phone rings off the hook and and I get more clients than I can even handle. And I call my friends who are advocates and they're like, no way, man, I can't take any clients. I'm, I have too many as it is. Um, so it's just that time of year when we're attending multiple IEP meetings a week, sometimes even multiple IEP meetings a day. And it just, it just wears on you because part of it, you know, a lot of times teachers get on me or school personnel get on me online on Facebook and they're like, oh, you're kind of negative about schools and you don't need to be so paranoid and you don't need to be so cynical. And I agree. Um, but also just because things are working well at your school doesn't mean that the stories that I hear aren't valid and true and all that. But a lot of it is the parents. And then I hear from the parents and they go, well, you're supposed to be a parent advocate. And I am a parent advocate. And you know what? I am being the best advocate in the world for your child by telling you that you really, really need to engage in the IEP process every day, every week, every month, not just at IEP meeting time. Because in May, I can't tell you, I know that I will hear from... I'll say, I'm going to say three. I will hear from three parents this month, May, who will tell me my child is supposed to graduate in a few weeks and he's not ready. What do I do? And it just makes my head want to explode. And I just rub my temples and just think, 
serenity now, serenity now, serenity now, because it should not get to this point. If you are actively engaged in the IEP process, you wouldn't be looking to hire an advocate to get your child a 13th and 14th year when they are due to graduate in two to three weeks, right? So transition, if nothing else, I mean, I know I, I have a lot of readers and, and blog, blog readers and podcast listeners who are engaged and your kids are younger and fantastic. Give yourself a pat on the back. If your child is 14 or 16 and above, you really, really need to dig in because once your child graduates, and whether that be, you know, 17, 18, 21, 22, once your child graduates, that is it. There's no going back. The bus will stop coming and you are on your own. There's no do-overs, okay? So IDEA says that transition age is age 16. Many states have backed that up to 14, Pennsylvania included. I think it should all be 14. Heck, I think it should be maybe even 12. Because at 16, I mean, we have kids who graduate at 17. If, you're, if you went to school young, um, that's not a lot of time. But a couple of things happen with the IEP when your child is transition age. It can be age 14 or younger if determined appropriate by the IEP team. They don't have to wait till 14 or 16. But at that point, the student must be invited to their IEP meetings. It doesn't mean they have to attend, but they must be invited. And there's just a whole list of other things that need to be considered as part of the IEP. In Pennsylvania, they're very specific in that the team must also consider inviting other, IE, other people to become members of the IEP team and attend the meeting, um, such as, I don't know what your state calls Votex anymore. Um, I know that the term Votech isn't used that often, but still... Everybody says, like, the new term. They go, oh, yeah, well, it's CTE. You know, what used to be VOTEC. Um, but it's career and technical education or what used to be known as VOTEC. I know here in my county they're called uh, Technical College High School. And they go, you know, everyone says, oh, well, he goes to TCHS. You know, what used to be VOTEC. Um, it's going to take them decades, I think, to shed that, that name. But if the child is in some kind of career or tech ed, that person must be invited. If they are going to require community services, then that agency should be invited. Um, a 
again, whatever whatever the child needs, if, if other agencies are going to be involved in this child's adulthood or preparing them for their adulthood, then they need to be invited to the meeting. One of the best exercises that you can do, and this is one that, that several parents have said, oh my gosh, thank you. Um, it's been life-changing for me is go to the blog at dayinourshoes.com and just look up vision statement and sit down and do a vision statement with your child. Have your family, you know, mom, dad, whatever, parent, co-parent, and the child sit down together because the student should be participating to the maximum extent possible. Sit down and do the vision statement. Because your IEP and your transition plan is the roadmap. That's what the team is doing. You're developing a roadmap. But how do you develop a roadmap if you don't know where you're going? The vision statement is your destination. So if that's going to be community college, living at home with supports, um, a residential college or boarding, whatever you want to call it, with supports, job training, whatever that is going to look like for your child, employment, you need to sit down together and discuss the child's strengths, their interests, and what they want to do. Self-determination. What does the child want to do? I had a student one time. I used to teach a vocational program. And she was in a different class than mine. She wasn't in my class. But I knew of her because the classes worked closely together often. So I knew of this student. And she was on the autism spectrum. Well, not was, is. She likely still is on the autism spectrum. And had an IEP and supports, very supportive family. And she had a dream of being a veterinarian. And I think I mentioned this in the, in the blog post about vision statement. She wanted to be a veterinarian. Now, if you know anything about veterinarians, first of all, yes, they're doctors. You have to go to college and get some kind of pre-vet or very scientific degree. And then you have to get into veterinary school, of which there are only a couple dozen veterinary schools in the country. It's very, they're very, very competitive because there just aren't a lot of them. Very challenging. You have to be very talented in math and science obviously it's a doctor these were not this student's strengths and I remember her IU case manager and her teacher saying well she she can't be a vet she'll never be a vet which might be true you know there's nothing wrong with that if that's your dream I I, I don't think you should crush anyone's dreams and just say you can't do that. If she wants to aspire to try to do that, I think she should be allowed. But it was just left as, well, she can't be a vet. Meanwhile, there are so many related jobs 
that connect to the veterinary industry, we could sit here all day and, and list them. She might not have the ability to become a vet, but she could very likely be a veterinary assistant, a kennel assistant, a groomer, work at a boarding kennel, work at a pet supply store, work at a service dog agency, um, I can't even, I mean, you could be a receptionist at a veterinary office. Um, like I said, we could, we could list dog and cat related jobs, rescues. You could work at rescue or humane society. We could list jobs all day long that relate to the pet industry instead of just saying, no, you can't do that. So again, that's what the vision statement is all about. It's about brainstorming and defining your strengths and defining your interests so that you can develop this transition roadmap to get you to where you want to go, to get the child where they want to go. Because if I see one more student with Down syndrome bussing tables, you know, I'm going to lose it on someone because our kids are, there's no shame in that. And there are kids who, who legitimately want to work in the restaurant and food industry and busing tables is your starting point, but it just seems to be the go-to that they can just bust tables and our kids can do more than that. They can do more than fold napkins. Okay. So... I'm starting to rant. I'm getting off of transition. Um, I mean, bottom line is when your child is of transition age, you need to know where you're going and then you need to make sure that their transition section of the IEP is sufficient enough and appropriate to get them there. So what that's going to look like is going to be different for each child. Um, vocational assessments, assistance with taking, um, like SATs and college entrance exams, whatever that child needs to get where they want to go, that's what needs to be on the IEP. It is not just about education or academics. Okay, functional living skills, independent living, travel training, all those things go into um, a transition plan. Community participation. Okay. The, I have a friend who works in special ed at the university level. And she has a saying that the child's or the students, because they're not a child at that point, they're either going to be 18 or 21, um, the student's last day of school with an IEP in the public school system should look like the first day of the rest of their life. 
So if a child is, I'm sorry, why do I keep calling him child? Um, if a student is going to be working at some business in the community, volunteering, whatever it is, with some assisted living opportunities, um, community participation, whatever that is, they need to be doing that with guidance and with support prior to graduating. So let's say, you know, I'm going to have my son is going to sort mail at the post office and live, you know, in an assisted home in town. We don't just graduate on whatever, you know, June 15, his last day of being 21. We don't just graduate then. And then June 16, he moves into the house and starts working at the post office. He should be doing that weeks or months before graduation so that his IEP team, it's in there, that he has these supports and that he's learning how to do this. Okay, and if the child is college-bound, then, you know, that's going to be a little bit different. Obviously, your last day of high school is a celebration if you're going on to college, but the bottom line is that your last day of school is spent studying and being an academic. Um and you should be ready and know what you need to start that first day of college, what supports you need. I'm trying not to, I don't want to get too specific, but at the same time, I want to make sure that it's just an area that I find gets so overlooked on IEPs. And for the students or clients that I have who are students with say, mild learning disabilities, their transition goals are so lame. Sorry, I know I'm dating myself by using that word, but they're so lame, and they're on every IEP across the county, even even going into different districts. And it's things like, we'll research three colleges and the entrance requirements for each blah, 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 um, will meet with guidance counselor quarterly to discuss post-secondary goals, blah, 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 you know, and it just, it's, that's not going to get them there. That's not going to get them there. For a child who struggles with executive functioning and has trouble initiating projects and working on projects, Telling them to research three colleges isn't, it's not going to happen, right? Um, They need to learn where the college office is that handles Section 504 plans and things like that. So um, if you take away nothing else, please read everything you can on transition on your state regs um, there have been written there's several books that have been written on successful transition planning and I find that schools have more workshops for transition planning than they do pretty much any other topic Um, and they will bring in 
like our state office of it's called the office of vocational rehab OVR like they'll bring them in to talk and they'll bring in all these different agencies to talk about you know life after high school so really engage in this because you're going to be on your own um and a lot of our kids aren't going to be ready to mature and be on their own in jobs and independent or supported living you know at 18 it might be 25 it might be 30 so we have to have a plan of what what our kids are going to do because no one no one i've yet to see a vision statement from a family that says upon graduation i want to sit in my parents basement and play video games all day but you know what there are tons of kids who are doing that and no one puts that as as their ultimate goal but it happens. So I have a long post on transition. I have a long post written by uh, my friend Lynn, whose son successfully graduated from college, even though when he was in elementary school, she was told that he was uneducatable. And he has a college degree and he has, he went to graduate school. Okay. And he did an internship on his own lived on his own, went overseas on his own with supports, with a, without mom, but with supports, okay? But Lynn did it. The school didn't do it. Lynn did it. So look her up. She's in the group. She's always happy to answer questions. Um, but she wrote a post about there are no IEPs in college, and she lists her tips and firsthand experience of what to do. And then again, of course, the vision statement. And the vision statement is good at any age. You don't have to be transition age to be doing that. Any age. Because you start have to start to have a plan, especially when our kids run so far behind um, developmentally. We have to have, you know, get them thinking and get, get a plan. Okay. That's all I have for today on transition. What is after transition? Let me take a look. Oh. State and local assessments. I don't like that. Okay. But that's what's next. So please tune in, even though I've already made it sound so super exciting. Um, as always, check a day in our shoes. Thanks. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening to the Don't IEP Alone podcast. No parent should have to IEP alone. And with a day in our shoes, you don't have to. For more IEP assistance and letter templates, visit adayinourshoes.com. For ongoing assistance and support, follow our Facebook page and group.
Wait. 